0: Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910 or 980 AM, or anywhere in the nation on that Odyssey app. It's uh, almost 411 here in Northeast Pennsylvania, 52 degrees outside. It says sunny. Sun's going down soon again. That lack of sunlight outside, got to overcome it. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, the American Federation of Teachers president, Randy Weingarten, got more than she asked for when she posted an article about the rise of homeschooling in America on social media this past weekend. Sunday, I think she posted it. And literally got obliterated. Now, mind you, homeschooling is the fastest-growing form of education in the United States. Now, it's not more than. It's just the fastest-growing. More people are going to homeschool than any other private school, public school, anything like that. So she posted that story that said, what's behind the increase in homeschooling? Homeschooling is now the fastest-growing form of education in the United States. And she posted that and said, what's behind the increase in in homeschooling? And as you can expect on X, formerly Twitter, she literally got obliterated. Now, this is at a time where only 26% of our nation's eighth graders are proficient in math. Only 29% of our nation's eighth graders are proficient in reading. Fourth graders are doing a little better. Not much. 35% of our nation's fourth graders are proficient in math. 32% of our nation's fourth graders are proficient in reading. Interesting that uh, reading is lower than math proficiency when it comes to fourth graders. That's a, a, the opposite of what it is for eighth graders. So... Uh, I, I, I can't even read through the plethora of responses she has here. Dozens of comments that's flooded in for parents opting out of public school system. Some people blamed her. You are. And more on Randy Weingarten, who, who is a Jewish American person herself. She posted a picture of Orthodox Jews. Jewish members at the rally, the pro-Israel rally in Washington, D.C., and said, where are the women? Because it was all men. And I posted either she's hopefully ignorant of Orthodox Jewish doctrine where the men and women pray separately. So, yes, the women were there. They were just in a different location. I know this for a fact because I know people who were there but she points that out being a jewish american herself for what purpose i mean she obviously knows that they're there she she has to know that orthodox jews men pray separately from the women but had to put that out there was that to to kind of give a thumbs up to her anti israel Academia that's been flourishing across our nation. One has to think, and again, that's my opinion, because there was no other reason for her to to highlight that out of everything that went on that day. Try and say, well, where are the women? When she knew darn well that they were there, they were just in a separate location. They were physically there, but based on strict Orthodox Jewish doctrine, the men pray separately from the women so when the men do their prayers the women go to a different location and they do the prayers as well but you know she brought up that homeschooling is the fastest growing and of course that's the they they will fight this tooth and nail her organization you know one of the other policies says the policies you've advocated covid related and otherwise just like you're behind much of the increased support of school choice and education and freedom. Congratulations. And she is. I mean, somebody posted, Randy Weingarten is the best salesperson for homeschooling, private education, and school choice that we could ever wish for. But it's interesting that uh, that she would not see this coming, posting something like that. Something else, education-related, but moving to New York City now. And anyone who didn't see this coming out, I just saw something else that I posted as well. That uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams says parents may need to help in public schools amid migrant crisis. All hands on deck. They said that they will be leaning into parents for a budget, due to budget Restraints due to budget cuts because they're cutting every entity. And I've told you this months ago every single department in New York City is being cut because of the illegal migrant crisis in their self proclaimed um, sanctuary city. You know, you asked for that. And now that it's here, you can't handle it. And you're cutting the services to everyday Americans. They, uh, Mayor Adams urged parents in the Big Apple to prepare for all hands on deck as the city slashed newly trained safety agents amid the ongoing migrant crisis, warning parents that they need to, may need to volunteer at their children's school. So the city is is reducing the number of school safety agents to make sure we continue to create an environment for our children. We have to shift around personnel as much as possible. We're going to be leaning into parents and parent groups to do some volunteerism, he said at a media brief. We have to pull all hands on deck. Usually when you go to a New York City public school, you have the school safety agents at the front door to sign people in, to direct them where they're going, they do patrol the hallways. They're not they're not police officers, they're not armed. They are security force, unarmed security force for our public school systems. And it appears what they're doing here is they're going to ask for parents to volunteer to sit at the front desk to sign people in, to sign people out. And patrol the hallways, monitor the cafeterias. And I just saw that New York City has also mandated that the NYPD freeze academy classes in New York City. As budget crisis looms. So not only are they cutting back on security in the New York City public school systems, which has an influx of illegal migrant children in them, but they are freezing hiring police officers in New York City amongst an exodus where record numbers of police officers are retiring. They are fleeing the profession. They are fleeing New York City. They are going to other areas. They are giving up the profession altogether. They are just retiring and moving out. If you lived in New York City, is it a time to reduce the education system, which is the public education system in New York City was one of the that was the main reason I moved out of New York City? I'm a product of the New York City education system, public education system. My wife's a product of the New York City public education system. As soon as my son turned two, I said, there is no way I'm sending him to the public education system in New York. Moved out as far as Long Island as I could. That was the main, I lived in a great area, lived in a great neighborhood. It was the school system that said, you know, I'm raising a kid, can't do it here. And this was 1997. 1997. Every single department, every single agency in these cities will be cut. It's the only way they can afford. And this is only a stopgap. This is not going to solve their problem. This isn't the money windfall to keep this going. It's unsustainable. So they're going to lose all this. Cut back on school staffing. Freeze NYPD Academy classes. Freeze FDNY Academy classes. Freeze sanitation hiring, less sanitation pickups, less inspections by the Department of Buildings. Everything is going to suffer. And once this is done, Eric Adams is going to walk away. He's going to lie about his tenure. I did great things under unmentionable conditions that we could not see coming. But you helped create, by the way. And then it'll be left for someone else to clean up. And that's politics. That's politics. But the city's been warned. I've talked about it here for months. What's going to happen when these cuts start coming to every single entity of your life in New York City? What's going to happen when they start coming here? have to start thinking about these things because burying your head in the sand and saying, well, you know, we have to do these things because they're humans too. It's a manufactured crisis. They shouldn't be our problem. It shouldn't be our tax burden. But they've created it, and it is now. And who else pays for all this? You or I do. 421 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather.
1: Hey, thanks, Rob. This is Pentella Data. Internet traffic update. You're slowing down 81 southbound right around the music exit. You also have some heavy traffic causing delays on North River Street in Wilkesbury. And Kaiser Avenue in Scranton seems a bit bumper to bumper. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570 883 7269. Nikki Stone, W I L K Traffic.
0: Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 34. Tomorrow, sunny, high 60. Friday, partly sunny with uh, maybe showers by the evening, high 60. Saturday, Going to have lingering showers in the morning. We'll most likely be gone by the afternoon for the parades in our area. High will be about 47. Sunday's going to be 46, breezy and cooler. It's currently 52 degrees outside at 422 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 426. Here in the station, 51 degrees and mostly cloudy outside. I saw this story, and it ranks the states across the United States, about the impact of retail theft for those states. And I was amazed where Pennsylvania fell. This is coming from Forbes magazine, Forbes Advisor. Pennsylvania is in the top five states for retail thefts. Coming in first in the value of stolen goods, they say if you estimate the uh, retail theft throughout the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, it comes to $430 per resident that's been stolen. Pennsylvania is also the second state in the nation in lost tax revenue due to retail theft, according to accounting for $96 per resident or 1.25 billion dollars. Now, when I was looking into this and I was reading through this article, if retailers, like we talked about Target yesterday, didn't want things to happen in the store, they, they we've seen it on TV all the time where these store's employees are told not to intervene, just let them steal it, don't don't get involved. I've warned you here, if you are shopping in these stores and you see something like this happen, don't get involved because these stores will hang you out to dry. I've talked to store managers in our area here who said, yeah, they're threatened with termination if they in any way intervene, and they will no doubt testify against you if you intervene and something happens and there's a lawsuit because you know these criminals will sue, sue the store, sue you, and the store is going to... Testify for them because they don't want this. They're going to say our policy is not to intervene. Let them just take it. Why Mr. and Mrs. Smith tried to Mr. or Mrs. Smith tried to stop this individual is beyond us. I never took into account the tax revenue though. So, like I said, Pennsylvania is the second state in the nation in lost tax revenue due to retail theft because obviously, if you're stealing merchandise, you're not paying tax on it. And it comes to $96 per resident in Pennsylvania. That's $1.25 billion, like I said. Shouldn't the state then have the ability to prosecute whoever they want for stolen tax revenue? For failure to pay their tax revenue by stealing merchandise? Wouldn't that be a way to come out with a group of retailers as the state, as the governor or the state police or the Department of Consumer Affairs for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and put an announcement out to anyone who shops in Pennsylvania. If you steal merchandise, not only will you be prosecuted for stealing the merchandise, the value of the merchandise, but you'll also be prosecuted for a failure to pay taxes on that. And again, I'm just throwing it around because we're seeing this retail crime here skyrocket. It's being unaddressed. It's putting stores, small Businesses out of business, they cannot keep up with the large box stores that can accept and absorb the the theft, the loss of stock, the loss of revenue. And you know how the majority... Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 426 here in the station, 51 degrees and mostly cloudy outside. I saw this story, and it ranks the states across the United States about the impact of retail theft for those states. And I was amazed where Pennsylvania fell. This is coming from Forbes magazine, Forbes advisor. Pennsylvania is in the top five states for retail thefts coming in first in the value of stolen goods. They say if you estimate the uh, retail theft throughout the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania... It comes to $430 per resident that's been stolen. Pennsylvania is also the second state in the nation in lost tax revenue due to retail theft, according to accounting for $96 per resident, or $1.25 billion. Now, when I was looking into this and I was reading through this article, if retailers like we talked about target yesterday didn't want things to happen in the store they, they we've seen it on tv all the time where these store's employees are told not to intervene just let them steal it don't don't get involved i've warned you here if you are shopping in these stores and you see something like this happen don't get involved because these stores will hang you out to dry i've talking i've talking to store managers in our area here who said yeah They're threatened with termination if they in any way intervene, and they will no doubt testify against you if you intervene and something happens and there's a lawsuit because you know these criminals will sue, sue the store, sue you, and the store is going to testify for them because they don't want this. They're going to say our policy is not to intervene. Let them just take it. Why Mr. and Mrs. Smith tried to – Mr. or Mrs. Smith tried to stop this individual is beyond us. I never took into account the tax revenue, though. So, like I said, Pennsylvania is the second state in the nation in lost tax revenue due to retail theft. Because, obviously, if you're stealing merchandise, you're not paying tax on it. And it comes to $96 per resident in Pennsylvania. That's $1.25 billion, like I said. Shouldn't the state, then, have the ability to prosecute whoever they want for stolen tax revenue? For failure to pay their tax revenue by stealing merchandise, wouldn't that be a way to come out with a group of retailers as the state, as the governor or the state police or the, Con- the Department of Consumer Affairs for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and put an announcement out to anyone who shops in Pennsylvania? If you steal merchandise, not only will you be prosecuted for stealing the merchandise, the value of the merchandise— But you'll also be prosecuted for a failure to pay taxes on that. And again, I'm just throwing it around because we're seeing this retail crime here skyrocket. It's being unaddressed. It's putting stores, small businesses out of business. They cannot keep up with the large box stores that can accept and absorb the, the theft, the loss of stock, the loss of revenue. And you know how the majority of stores in America are making up for that theft, that loss? They're raising the prices. I posted this on my social media, so if you follow me on Rob O'Donnell on Facebook, you could see the story, see the snapshots. But it says 64% of business retailers have increased their prices in response to theft. So yes, you and I are paying for people who are stealing. 64%. ...of business retailers have increased their prices to account for theft. Theft that they are failing to address. That they are failing to stop. That they openly allow to happen and threaten their own employees with termination if they get involved. But yet you or I, the law-abiding consumer, needs to suffer the consequences. Now, 50% are installing security cameras... 45% of stores are installing motion sensors. 43% are implementing background checks on hirees because a lot of retail theft is inside jobs. 36% are hired additional staff to monitor shoplifting. 23% implementing inventory control systems. Now look at everything that's being implemented. Increase prices, install security cameras, install motion sensors, implement background checks, hire additional staff, implement inventory control, all that costs the business money and therefore gets pushed on to URI. I didn't think Pennsylvania was that bad, but we are in the top five in the nation in retail theft. Only D.C., Maine, Washington State, and California are in our category. And that's not a category we want to be on. But I was thinking about the loss in tax revenue here. And I would like to see our state come in and say, hey, if these retailers choose not to prosecute you, and even if they do, we're going to add on to that. We're going to add on that you negated to pay your, stole your tax revenue from the people of the commonwealth. On this, and add another layer of deterrence. But until there's a layer of deterrence, until there's a fear of committing these crimes, they will continue. They will get worse, and you and I will keep paying that increased prices because that's exactly where it's going. That's why they're just passing it on to us. They're not intervening. It's uh, four thirty-two here at WI. Okay, we'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 4:39 uh, here, 51 degrees outside. Supporting the, the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice here at home and our nation. 87 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day. Four of them from here in Pennsylvania. We're going to start off with Correctional Officer Gary Martin Chapin, Crawford County Correctional Facility in Pennsylvania, 2010 succumbed to injuries sustained one month earlier after being attacked and beaten by an inmate in a Crawford County Correctional Facility. Police Officer Richard J. Posey, Kennett Square Borough Police Department, Pennsylvania, 1972. Also Police Officer William Davis. Both officers, Richard Posey and William Davis, were shot and killed after being ambushed in the police department's parking lot. Both officers were shot in the back. 28-year-old man, was arrested at his home the next day and charged with their murders. And Chief of Police Daniel McGrath, Titusville Police Department in Pennsylvania in 1899, succumbed to a gunshot wound sustained four days earlier when he and another officer responded to a burglary at the Dunkirk Allegheny Valley and Pittsburgh Railroad Depot. The officers tracked three suspects to a nearby house of ill repute on Spring Street, where they both interrupted the men robbing the occupants. Both officers exchanged shots with the three suspects, Chief McGrath and one of the other suspects were killed. Second suspect was apprehended while the third escaped. And that's our four from here in Pennsylvania. Let's go to the phone. We have uh, Joe from Edwardsville on retail theft. Joe. Yeah,
2: Rob, uh, I was on hold here and... You know, uh, God, it just – it always breaks my heart when you bring me in right behind the uh, the fallen heroes because I, I, I mean in no way to diminish what you do there. That 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 brings warmth to my heart that we remember those guys. Uh, now, with that said, um, the uh, stat you were reading when you were talking about retail theft and how, yay, Pennsylvania is at least first in something, and the stat – that said, okay, uh, 64% of retailers say they raise prices to cover uh, 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 what they lose in, in theft. And the way I look at those statistics is I look at them on the inverse. It tells me that 36% of these retailers are lying through their hats. Because <laughs> let's face facts nobody goes into business for months. It's the same thing as when the government says, "Oh, we're going to tax this big corporation." I remember I'm a little older than you, and I remember when uh, the government was going to, "Oh, we're going to tax these big telecommunication companies," and the next month when I got my bill, there it was, <laughs> federal tax. Yep. It, it all filters down, and I'm going to say this in the collective me, it always filters down to me. So to say it's, um. oh, this is a victimless crime. It's, you know, it's a big question. They have insurance. My insurance has gone up. The prices I pay when I go to a retailer have gone up. No, this is against me.
0: Yep, it always falls down to us. Joe, you, you're breaking in and out. I'm going to have to go to traffic now in a minute anyway. Uh But I uh, appreciate you, call. We, we got most of what you were saying.
2: Okay, sorry about
0: that. No, 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 not a problem. I, yeah. Like I said, we got most of what you were saying. Thank you. It's uh, 442 here at WILK, time for traffic and weather.
1: And thank you, Rob. This Data internet traffic update, you are slowing still on 81 southbound around the Music area. We're seeing a little bit of heavy traffic on Shoemaker Avenue in, in West Wyoming. That is a very slow go. And you might run into some slight delays on the Morgan Highway between... Clark Summit and Scranton no reports of any accidents whenever you see a traffic problem call our jam line 570-883-7269 Nikki Stone W I L K traffic
0: thank you Nikki here's the storm tracker 16 forecast from chief meteorologist Kurt Aaron tonight partly cloudy low 34 tomorrow sunny high 60 Friday partly sunny maybe showers by Friday night high 60 Saturday lingering showers in the morning They'd probably be out of the area by the time the parade starts, so don't worry about that. High forty-seven. Sunday 46 breezy and cooler. It's currently give me a second. 51 degrees outside. At uh 443 at your official weather station, WILK. Hey, you're with the Rob O'Donnell show here on WILK News Radio. It's four forty-seven. 51 degrees outside right now. I just saw a good friend of mine, a photographer who's done my headshots, Barry Morgenstein, just did Charlotte McBride's head, uh, headshot. She's in New York now with uh, Newsmax. Started right here in WNEP as our sports reporter. Then she moved down to the D.C. area. It was nice to see her on TV when I was living in the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. That's what they call it, a DMV. And now uh, she's back up in New York with my friends at Newsmax. I was a regular contributor on Newsmax, so it's great to see her there. And it was good to see her in my friend's studio getting her new headshots done for Newsmax. So just give a shout-out to both uh, Barry Morgenstein and Charlotte McBride, who's uh, moving up and moving on. Great to see. Well, the uh, we've talked about the government shutting down. Friday was the deadline for that. And now it's still not a done deal, but the House voted to prevent the government shutdown as the uh, GOP Speaker Johnson relied on Democrats for help. Basically, they're going to continue the fund the government at the same level it's being funded at now, which is a record high, by the way, Till January and February. There's two different deadlines for the next shutdown. I don't know how exactly that works, but there were two dates that the uh, next government shutdown will take place. And again, all this is is passing the buck moving the can down the road, not doing anything to address our record spending, our deficit of over thirty-three trillion dollars. But no one wants a no one wants a shutdown during the holidays. That has been done in the past. It's been political suicide for everyone involved and they know this. So that's why there wasn't much pushback on pushing this off till after the holidays. But really, up until this week, up until yesterday when they voted on this, did you really hear much discussion on this? Did you even see an effort to fix the problem rather than just pushing it down the road? And we've become more and more accustomed to it. Quite honestly, politicians in both parties are cowards when it comes to this. When it comes to their primal duty, creating a budget. Our spending, our purse springs, especially in the House. That's where this... Now, this is supposed to still go to the Senate, but it seems like uh, Chuck Schumer, the Senate leader, has already signed on to this. Mitch McConnell has also, you know, given it the thumbs up. So I, I don't see much of an issue moving forward with it in the Senate. But again, does this solve our nation's problems? Does it do anything to help Medicare, Medicaid? Does it do anything to help Social Security? Does it do anything to address our 33 trillion dollar deficit. We need to start doing things better. And that starts with a compromise budget, especially when you have mixed government, which we do. So, something needs to be done. It's not just scare tactics for the next election. It's not just riling up the voters. It's not just for fundraising. There's real work to be done in Washington, and no one's really doing it. No one. And that's not a party issue. That's not a partisan issue. It's not a male or female issue in Congress. It is them all. They are not doing the work of the people. And you could bury your head in the sand, and you could say, well, things are great now. How you're saying that, I don't get it. I mean, it appears even rational Democrats now are starting to say that Joe Biden just isn't the guy. But time is really running out on that. So if if there's going to be that move, Democrats really need to make that move quicker. But if that's not done, if Joe Biden is how you want to move forward when he can barely function now, then you get what you deserve. Then you get the criticism that comes with that. You know, you want to point fingers at the other side of that when we should all be looking in the mirror. We need to move past that and get a working government in Washington to do the people's work. They're not. Pushing the can down the road is not doing anything. All while they raise money and get elected. We're the suckers. It's as simple as that. It truly is. They are in a perpetual election cycle. They could care less about solving the problems. They want to talk about them all the time. Well, if you're talking about them, start to address them. Obviously, you know what they are. Fix them. It's your job to fix them. You were sent there. You are paid to fix them. Yet there is no effort to do so. It's It's incredible. It's incredible how we have an entire entity that is just not doing their job but yet expect us to donate money so they could be reelected to make more money in a paycheck and we're the fools that keep sending the same people there switch them up on both sides keep rotating them until we find people in there that can actually do a good job no one no one wants to address social security no one wants to address medicare no one wants to address the deficit. No one wants to pass a budget. There's been a budget passed once in our lifetime. But yet they'll kick the can down the road to, what, January, February, or March of next year, and we'll be here again the week of, and they'll look at each other and say, oh, my God, we got to do something. It's, it's, we have to do our jobs. It's incredible. And we keep putting up with it. It's uh, for... here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 4.57 here in the studio. Got some, uh, let me see, Rob, heard you refer to your history with Newsmax. Surprising that anyone would admit to it, but it does explain a lot. Well, when's the last time you've been on any Show for anything. Yeah, I am proud of my time at Newsmax. Gave some great advice there. You might not like the station, but that's you. Explains a lot. Here you are texting the guy you just obviously don't like. What does that say about you? Says, uh, if they're unable to balance the budget or pay for the government to be run, then they should not be getting a paycheck the whole time that they're not doing what they're supposed to be. I agree 100%. There's... uh, both the Pennsylvania Constitution and I believe the U.S. Constitution doesn't allow that. They must be paid. So I would love a constitutional amendment on both sides to say if there is not a balanced budget by the deadline that is given, not only do you lose your pay, but you forfeit it back to the general fund. I guarantee you you will have a balanced budget every year if you do that both at the state level in the national level. Not only that, both you and your staffs assigned to you, your chief of staff, your legal officer, your research analysts, everyone you have. Their salaries are forfeited. Now you can keep your benefits. You, we're not going to cut off your health benefits or anything that like, like that. But your salary, including your your stipends to afford the uh, two houses, two residences, one in D.C., one in your district. Same thing for the ones here. Your per diems in Pennsylvania. But if you, if if we make a change to the constitutions that say if you do not have a balanced budget by the deadline, your salary will be forfeited back to the general fund. I guarantee you we don't have a budget problem anymore. I guarantee you it's on time. I guarantee you it'll put a little fire under them to get it. And we can add in there no fundraising whatsoever until the the budget is signed for your campaigns. There's ways to do this. There's ways to make them do their job. We'll see. Somebody said, Rob, can you tell me the last time the government did something for the people? (laughs) Yeah, right. It's true. They're not securing our border. They're not def- uh, defending our troops for the 57 attacks now. It's uh, coming on 5 o'clock here at WILK News Radio. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after these messages.